The Hebrew Prophets, A Jewish Perspective, Jewish Study Series, by David Ben Yosef. In my final paper, I will explore the concept of prophecy. In Judaism, it is defined by two great figures of Jewish history, Moses Maimonides and Abraham Joshua Heschel are both influential scholars who have impacted the various streams of Judaism. A simplistic dichotomy could be made between their two perspectives, labeling Maimonides as a rational philosopher and Heschel as a mystical one. The study of Jewish prophecy and the approaches of the two scholars are already complex topics, but we must also address the nature of Revelation. To some scholars, Maimonides' and Heschel's perspectives of God seem to be in conflict. One view is considered Aristotelian, while the other is seen as a traditional philosophy in line with the Bible and the Talmud. With these factors in mind, and based on the available data, my paper will support the following contention. Maimonides' and Heschel's different philosophical approaches about the biblical prophets are both within the bounds of classical Judaism. My paper will show that these sages are speaking of the same God of Israel as revealed in the Hebrew scriptures and Jewish tradition, but from their unique perspectives. The merit of my premise will be demonstrated by reviewing the writings of both of these scholars, such as the Guide and the Prophets. The evaluations of other scholars will also shed light to the malfaceted character of these Torah masters and will aid in examining their perspective on the Israelite prophets. According to the biblical narrative, the mysterious characters known as the prophets bridged the gap between the imminent and transcendent aspects of God. Throughout the Hebrew Bible, the prophets appear as messengers and guides who exhibit a strong temperament and righteous behavior. In one way or another, the various prophets did God's bidding and were involved in major events in the history of Israel. They are also described as warning the masses about God's imminent punishment when they rebelled against his decrees. The first patriarch fulfilled this role, as Abraham is portrayed as an advocate on behalf of both the righteous and the wicked. Quote, Since he is a prophet, he will intercede for you to save your life. Genesis 20, 7 As Jewish mysticism developed, the role of these oracles of God became more defined. The Encyclopedia Judaica describes how the protagonists of the prophetic books challenged their fellow Israelites through their visionary utterances. The institution of prophecy is founded on the basic premise that God does not abandon humans to their own devices, but provides them with divine guidance. In biblical theory, the prophet does not choose his profession, but is chosen, often against his own will, to convey the work of God to his people, regardless of whether or not they wish to hear it. Ezekiel 3.11 Chapter 2 Definition of Biblical Prophecy The scholarly definition of prophecy is influenced by research done in the last century. By the 1920s and 30s, after collecting data and oracles, meditation and shamanism, scholars considered the category of revelatory religion to be the exclusive domain of the Semites. As we study the role of prophecy in Judaism, we must keep in mind the following two types of Jewish thought, as expressed by Heschel. One perspective may be called rational, historical, realistic, 
stressing the correctness of things, human values, natural order. The other perspective, which may be called prophetic or apocalyptic, looks at the world from the point of view of heaven. Its concern is with supernatural events, the miraculous, the indescribable, and the paradoxical. Maimonides exhibited a holistic approach to Judaism that considered all knowledge revelatory as it draws us closer to the divine. He also perceived revelation as divine speech and human reality rolled into one. Regarding the importance of revelation in Jewish prophecy, you must consider Heschel's particular perspective as well. He believes that revelation is dynamic and that humans have the intellectual ability to engage with the historical God. He espouses the traditional notion that the Talmudic sages possess the ability to prophesy just like their ancestors. However, this is an organic process. Just as the Holy Blessed One allowed prophets some autonomous space so that they become partners in prophecy, so did God allow the sages an autonomous domain in which they could apply the rules of exegesis. Heschel also considered the act of revelation to include both prophetic and apocalyptic aspects which are self-inclusive or at times conflictive concepts. Chapter 3 Two Jewish Perspectives on God To understand prophecy, we must turn to a comparison between the historic and the cosmic God. Biblical scholar David Hartman follows this trend, contrasting the, quote, God of the philosophers with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, end quote. One is perceived as nurturing, and the other oblivious to the fate of man, which compels us to create an unnecessary dichotomy. These different approaches affect our view of the ancient prophets. For example, Maimonides wrote the following, It is one of the basic principles of religion that God inspires men with the prophecy gift. But the spirit of prophecy only rests upon the wise man who is distinguished by great wisdom, but who by his rational faculty always has his passions under control and possesses a broad and sedate mind. According to Professor Edward Brewer, Maimonides believed that prophecy is not helpful in the interpretation of the Torah. To him, the sages did not see prophecy as a way to resolve issues discussed in Jewish sources. Maimonides expresses a traditional perspective about the revelation of Sinai. However, he elucidates this ancient wisdom through a radical exposition. He finds creative ways to understand medieval Judaism using the prism of Greek philosophy. This allowed him to depict prophecy as the Jewish way to obtain truth and knowledge, which are both goals of the philosopher. To Maimonides, the prophet achieved intellectual perfection only after much training and learning. Although the potential for prophecy rests within individuals with an instinctive imagination, both moral and rational qualities are crucial to their role as a prophet.
In his view, prophecy consists of an overflow from God as part of the imaginative faculty. Maimonides also finds a philosophy of Judaism within the concepts of election and revelation as interpreted in the Hebrew Bible, which describe God as involved in human affairs. He saw God as someone who is engaged with his creation. However, his, quote, theory of accommodation and his model of God as educator, including biblical descriptions of divine actions in history, need not be understood as miraculous ruptures in natural order, end quote. One of Maimonides' most contentious claims is his description of the mystical, quote, account of the chariot, end quote, as part of divine science and relating the concept of creation to physical science. His radical and profound reinterpretation of Judaism came about due to his desire to portray Judaism in a positive light in relation to other major world religions, particularly Christianity. In contrast, Heschel contends that the prophet experiences not merely the presence or the love of God, but a revelation of the divine pathos. In contrast, Heschel contends that the prophet experiences not merely the presence or the love of God, but a revelation of the, quote, divine pathos, end quote. The prophetic experience is divinely inspired but it is affected by the cultural background and the personality of the prophet nevertheless. The uniqueness of Heschel's perspective is that he considered the prophets, rabbis, and Kabbalists to be part of the same continuum of the Jewish experience. To him, prophecy is both experiential and intellectual, quote, which does not directly come from God. It occurs... Rather, through cosmic hierarchies, both ancient and Neoplatonic, or Kabbalistic, mediated by natural and human elements. According to Heschel's book, The Prophets, the ancient Israelite individual endowed with a prophetic gift suffered from a, quote, intense indignation, end quote. That individual often fought against national pride, which at times was more important than moral justice, since, quote, the spiritual without the political is blind, the political without the spiritual is deaf, end quote. Heschel believes that prophecy illuminates the future while discussing the present fate of man. The prophet is more than an oracle of God. He is an active revelator and representative of the divine will. According to Alan Brill, Heschel's view of biblical prophecy is different from other forms of mystical encounters with God. It is both non-ecstatic and interested in communicating a religious morality. In his writings, Heschel cannot find words to describe how magnificent and life-impacting prophecy is. In contrast with Maimonides' perspective, Heschel understands the quote, Masa Merkava, End quote, as describing spirituality, not philosophy. In the article, Pathos and Prophecy, 
Susanna Heschel quotes her father's description of pathos as, quote, the central category of the prophetic understanding of God, end quote. The academic consensus is that the prophets, sages, Kabbalists, and Hasidim are all contradictory in their findings and religious conclusions, as much of the conflict lies in the relation to Hakalacha and Agada. However, Heschel creates cohesion among these two concepts, which is also something Maimonides does in his Responsum. Reuven Kemmelman believes that much of Heschel's work, quote, seeks to free Jewish theology from the constraints of Maimonides' philosophical concept of an absolutely transcendent God who is independent of humanity. To this, Heschel counterposes the concept of divine pathos, that is, of a God who searches for man, who indeed is in need of man. It emphasizes the interdependency of the divine and the human. End quote. Chapter 4. Reconciling the Different Views of God Through the Prophetic Maimonides' view of prophecy entails moral and spiritual perfection, and some scholars claim that the Rambam, Maimonides' nickname in Jewish tradition, aspired to be a prophet himself. In his book, Maimonides, Heschel describes a 13th century philosopher not as a cold rationalist, but as a holistic scholar who integrated law, philosophy, religious exhortation, and agotic wisdom. To him, the attributes of the prophets relate to Aristotelian views of human excellence, such as economic security, physical and moral perfection, virtuous behavior, as well as achieving intellectual preeminence. Maimonides connected spiritual knowledge to the imaginative quality of the soul, which comes directly from Aristotelian philosophy. Although it might appear that he is speaking of concepts outside of Jewish tradition, we can identify authentic Jewish thinking in Maimonides' conceptual understanding. Many Jewish scholars believe that he combines two incompatible ways of thinking. Nevertheless, his radical interpretation integrates prophetic mysticism and universal philosophical principles. The Rambam considered Jewish tradition as part of man's search for truth. At the same time, we must look at how Maimonides did not conceal his belief in the possibility of singular individuals achieving spiritual excellence through intellectual love of God, independent of the community of Israel and the framework of Halakha. His focus is the telos, which can be described as the personal search for spiritual truth as part of the quest for universal ethic and civility. Many scholars believe that philosophy is a dangerous path away from Jewish thinking, but Maimonides proves his commitment to Jewish ways through his war against idolatry and his writings. What causes the most misunderstanding is what appears to be his insistence that, quote, Neither revelation nor redemption are necessary to his understanding of divinity. End quote. According to Professor Alan B. Latovsky, although Maimonides was an Aristotelian, he read Jewish mystical philosophers and discussed the existence of God in compelling ways. His description of the Bible in allegorical ways made him join the ranks of Philo and St. Paul, and thus made him a controversial character in Jewish history. However, 
it is a mistake to confuse Judaism, viewed through Aristotelian logic, with, quote, Pauline Christianity, which rejected Jewish law and the name of a universalistic ethic, end quote. Heschel's dissertation on the prophets illustrates many concepts which are familiar to both Jews and Christians. However, his stance rejects the approaches that were dominant at the time his book, The Prophets, was published. Heschel begins with the assumption that if we explain Judaism with foreign overlays, we lose authentic Jewish thinking. Rebelling against the Kantian interpretation, he portrays the prophets as proponents of his Jewish integrationist approach. To him, prophecy and revelation were as important as piety and prayer. The encounter with God in the Bible can only be described as a reflection on the revelation experienced by the prophets. His view is in line with classical perspectives on prophecy, but it does not consider the apocalyptic elements within prophetic writings themselves. Different prophets such as Isaiah and Jeremiah expressed apocalyptic perspectives that would later become integral to Judaism. Instead, Heschel believes that apocalypticism is needed because, quote, cessation of prophecy was not easily accepted by the people of Israel, although apocalyptic books were not found explicitly in rabbinic literature, the books were to be hidden, their influence affected many sages through history, end quote. Chapter 5. Moses, the Perfect Prophet To both scholars, Jewish religious philosophy starts with the leadership of Moses and his prophetic abilities, which are part of the divine origin of Jewish law. Although Maimonides often tried to naturalize religion and humanize it, he believed that Moses was unique in his prophetic experience as he communicated the divine will to build a just society. To him, the goal is to create beliefs such as the love and fear of God, accomplishments Aristotle did not achieve in his lifetime. In Maimonides' Laws of Idolatry, 1-2, Moses is presented as a rationalist philosopher and a scientist who communicated and taught every law and its explanation through scientific or philosophical speculation. God chose Moses as a civic leader, prince of all the prophets, and a political statesman. Moses also had the ability to incorporate God's supernatural law into the natural world since he had both an intellectual and a supernatural experience of God. Arthur Hyman describes it the following way, quote, The prophecy of Moses, the divine origin of the law, and its eternity are discussed only accidentally in the guide of the perplexed, while a complete section of the work is devoted to the nature and psychology of prophecy. Heschel believes that Moses was in heaven when he promulgated the Torah. He also taught that the ability to prophesy is available to all people and is something that can be cultivated 
as God is in constant communication and reaching out to us. If this is true, every creative action, act of kindness, and loving interaction can be considered to come from a godly source. Heschel also considered prophecy to be the extraordinary capacity to speak on God's behalf and make known his purpose to the world. To him, the rabbis, or modern Jewish leaders, hold the role of prophetic witnesses to God's covenant. Nevertheless, this ability is ordained by God in opposition to Maimonides' more organic view, which, quote, regards enlightenment as a natural phenomenon. The miracle, for him, is when illumination is not forthcoming, since only preventative interference by God can deprive man of the emanation of the, quote, active intellect, end quote. But there can be, quote, no doubt that the emanation of the, quote, active intellect will pour out on the man who possesses the prerequisites, end quote. The consciousness of the prophets was Heschel's focus in his book, The Prophets. But instead of focusing on Moses, he chose to write about the honor bestowed upon the minor prophets. Heschel's most important contention is that human reason is not the absolute form of truth. A supernatural religious experience can also inform our understanding of God. Chapter 6 The Torah quote, is not in heaven end quote, versus the heavenly Torah. Maimonides emphasizes that the oral law is a completely rational enterprise, subject to its own canons of interpretation and with no supernatural interference. With this in mind, prophecy is of little relevance to the judicial process. To him, quote, only the prophecy of Moses was legislative, and therefore unique. All subsequent prophecy was exhortatory, based on moral persuasion, and could not create new laws. Traditionally, the juridical principle of majority rule of Berakat 43b, Baba Metzia 59a, relates to the biblical passage which proposes that the Torah is, quote, not in heaven, end quote. Heschel makes different claims about the divine instruction contained in the Torah, which is in heaven, addressing the role of revelation in Judaism. In his book, Torah Men Ha Shamaavim, translated into English as Heavenly Torah. Heschel discusses how the Jewish mystical tradition is often expressed in polarities such as God being both transcendent and imminent. Alan Brill describes Heschel's approach. Quote, Heschel's distinction between apocalyptic and prophecy corresponds to the debate concerning the event on Mount Sinai, 
Kabbalists think that Moses physically ascended. Mama Manideans think ascent means to ascend intellectually. Both scholars were concerned with what was authentically Jewish. However, Maimonides felt that, quote, Judaism has to be expounded systematically and with sophistication, while the practices of Judaism had to be endowed with rationality and significance, end quote. In The Guide, he explicates Judaism philosophically. This has made scholars think Maimonides uses the doctrine and language of Aristotle for his own purposes. Although he uses Aristotelian categories to express Jewish truths, he disagreed with the father of Greek philosophy in many ways. Daniel Frank describes it in the following way. Quote, Maimonides believes the prophet, paradigmatic in both character and intellectual attainment, is insulated from contingency, a view seemingly opposed to the inlimitability of luck and the Aristotelian moral scheme. Maimonides also does not believe that people with limited intellectual capacities can become prophets. To him, scientific inquiry can lead to a passionate relationship with God. The prophet plays a twofold role. He is philosopher and legislator in one. The philosopher understands truths that the unaided human intellect is unable to discover, while the legislator brings divine law to his people. Maimonides, in his quote, 13 Principles, describes prophecy in general terms. The context suggests that he has primarily legislative prophecy in mind. Heschel sees the Torah as a model of the heavenly original, which he derives from Jewish mysticism. Quote, his transcendental approach treats Torah as an exact copy of the divine prototype. For Heschel, halakha is important, but agala is a source for the, quote, fear of heaven, spirit of the law, moral imperatives, and piety, end quote. He believed that uniting both agada and halakha one can experience a holistic perspective of God. His approach not only undermined Maimonides' rational one in favor of a creative, poetic, and mystical approach, but proposes a direct experience of God for everyone, not just the prophets. Quote, let us never forget that some of the basic theological presuppositions of Judaism cannot be justified in terms of human reason. Its conception of the nature of man as having been created in the likeness of God, its conception of God in history, of prayer, and even of morality, defy some of the realizations at which we have honestly arrived at the end of our analysis and scrutiny. The problem of how to live as a Jew cannot be solved in terms of common sense and common experience. The order of Jewish living is a spiritual one. It has a spiritual logic of its own, which cannot be apprehended 
unless its basic terms are lived and appreciated. End quote. Chapter 7. Conclusion In conclusion, the topic of Jewish prophecy is fascinating, especially in recent history, when representatives of progressive movements in the United States have appropriated the term prophetic to connote liberal values in opposition to certain institutions. According to Dr. Byron Sherwin in Faith Finding Meaning, American Jews, who often identify with liberalism, have become part of a, quote, antimonian liberal ethic, which values enlightenment and Protestant ideas over Jewish theology and practice, end quote. Heschel asked the leaders of the most progressive Jewish movement of his time the following questions. As he was concerned that they were trivializing tradition, quote, is this approach in the spirit of prophetic Judaism? Is it symbolism that God desires? Is it ceremonialism that the prophets called for? Are the customs and ceremonies the central issue of Jewish observance? According to Dr. Sherman, these movements often dismiss classical Jewish concepts and redefine Hebrew terms such as tikkun olam, a term coined by Shlomo Vardin, which has been turned into a Jewish form of liberation theology. In our quest to understand Maimonides' and Heschel's approaches, we must consider how traditional Judaism sees the sages as heirs of the prophetic call to keep the people accountable to God. Consequently, modern thinkers who want to accept the prophetic calling must remember that, quote, the prophets did not subvert biblical law and ritual, but advocated its observance. They are but guardians of a tradition in which they serve as a vital link between their predecessors and their successors, the rabbis. The prophets in the Bible do not appear to challenge Jewish norms, but reinforce traditional ways of thinking. The premise of this paper relates to the relentless battle of both scholars against religious apathy. The Rambam discussed devotion to God as well as loyalty to tradition in the midst of competing religions and philosophies during medieval times. In his lifetime, Maimonides defined Judaism in different ways from other sages, but his perspective falls within the overall framework of Jewish thought. His views are acceptable since Judaism is not a dogmatic religion, and there are many streams of thinking. His philosophy, quote, is founded on the idea that we must not remove Israel from participating in a universal rational discourse. On the other hand, Heschel was concerned about modernity and Jewish continuity. To him, the prophet's religious experience gains its ultimate significance by connecting the communal experience of God to the individual relationship with divine. Although a Jewish way of thinking can be formulated from the Bible, and the Talmud, Heschel's view of Jewish authenticity emerges from engaging in Jewish thought. Halakha was not the only focal point of Maimonides' teaching, but also philosophy and science. He connected spiritual knowledge to the imaginative quality of soul, a common concept from Aristotelian philosophy. However, 
He expresses a radical self-understanding as he wrestles with Jewish tradition and engages Greek philosophy in the process. I believe that it is acceptable to think of Judaism in non-Jewish ways, as non-Jewish categories stretch our understanding of ancient concepts. However, we should not redefine these concepts to fit our purposes. Heschel saw the biblical prophets as unique, since they did not fall under any of the traditional categories set by modern scholars. Many scholars have attempted to fit the revelation of Sinai under epistemology, but Heschel considered this as a unique event. The prophets address the meaning of human existence and communicate the need for us to take responsibility for our actions. They were also important members of their community, but instead of only being charismatic leaders, they were spiritual traditionalists, keeping justice alive among their co-religionists. Heschel's book, God in Search of Man, discusses how national pride can be problematic. The prophets express their passion by being involved in the national issues of the day, as Heschel did in his personal life. The meaning and cohesion of the prophets' message is ultimately their ability to express moral outrage. Heschel sought the progressive development of world peace, like the prophets, fighting against the monstrosity of inequality, which was the focus of the civil rights struggle. To him, religious leaders should be involved in holy social actions, since God is interested in our response to the important issues facing the world during our lifetime. A moral critique brought about his interest in progressive politics. His writings describe the polarities of redemption, which could connote either political or spiritual renewal, or both. With all this in mind, Maimonides and Heschel are models to follow, who challenge us to consider the following statement regarding prophecy. Quote, if the prophetic sensibility equals revelation, revelation therefore has three options in the modern world. A return to a medieval sensibility, a comparative religious category of paranormal consciousness, or a direct experience of a god infused to mystical and poetic life. End quote. 